Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. And uh, sorry, folks, for the <laughs> delay in, 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 in episodes. Uh, you know, we have lives. Uh, no, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, well, we, tr- we, we pretend we have lives and all we do is like sit in our like nerd rooms and just like rewatch like old episodes of, of I don't know, what do nerds watch now? Um, I was gonna just <laughs> I was gonna say, um, uh, we just we 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 paid for the subscription to Boomerang, the cart the old like Cartoon Network sideshow of all this Hanna Barbera stuff, and we just okay. watched that. For I, two I feel weeks. I feel like I feel like that's something furries do, not like normal nerds, because we're normal nerds. We are normal nerds. We're normal okay. nerds. We but... we we basically we basically like torrented every animated marvel series ever made and that's what we did for the past like couple of weeks and speaking of animation today's movie isn't animated but is related to a famous animated series would yes. you agree god yes. that sounded so fucking scripted holy shit <laughs> it did it did sound very <clears throat> this episode is the review for the fifth no six no seventh it's uh, I thought it was uh, Is it six? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it's the seventh. This one day, you know, you know, eventually they're gonna we're gonna be able to recreate the Sesame Street song with these movies. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten, eleven, <laughs> so twelve. We are reviewing the seventh entry to the live oh. action gig well like at the time it was like live action is a stretch by the well, way. Well, okay, but- fine, fine. Uh, it is, it is. It's we like, are we are reviewing the seventh entry in the uh, Transformers film series from Paramount. Um, mm. Like, see, I'm sure you remember uh, when when the first three came out, they mm. were basically by the time the third one had come out, the Transformers film series were probably at the time the the second biggest running the big the second biggest franchise in the in in Hollywood uh, oh yeah definitely. the biggest definitely. the biggest one was obviously Harry Potter because in 2011 the last Harry Potter movie came out uh, and that mm-hmm. made like a bunch of money and then in second oh, place yeah. was Dark Side of the Moon the third Transformers movie from Michael Bay mm-hmm. uh, and at the time Michael Bay was like after the third one I'm not making anymore and again, when mm-hmm. you make like yeah. over a billion dollars, it wasn't long before he was like, "Really, Michael? Really, he, you're he, not he making He was like, anymore? "Okay, folks. Uh, instead of every two years, I'm gonna do it every uh, every three. So he made the fourth one. Um, what was it called? Um, Age of Extinction." In 20 20- that just is that the one with the line where Mark Wahlberg goes, "I think we found ourselves a transformer." Here. Yeah, yeah. Is that that was okay. That was. Yeah. That fucking yeah. line. So that came out in 2014. Um, well, well, first of all, let, let's rewind a little bit. Let's rewind a little bit. So mm-hmm. way back in, 20, mm-hmm. in 2004 or 2005, mm-hmm. uh, Steven Spielberg had signed on to executive produce a Transformers movie. And everybody on the early days of the internet was like, oh, my God, Steven Spielberg is going to direct a Transformers movie. Oh, my God, Steven Spielberg is going to direct a Transformers movie. But he was very clear in saying he was not doing nah, that. he was just going to executive produce it. And mm-hmm. a year later, it's announced that Michael Bay 
was going to direct <laughs> the Transformers movie. <laughs> Sorry, no shade against Michael Bay. We we love Michael. We reviewed a Michael Bay movie on this. Yeah, on this. Uh, on and this, uh, and folks, listen. That's just that hits different. Listen, if you were on the early IMDb boards when Michael Bay was announced <laughs> as the director for Transformers, holy cow! He had just come off uh, a kind of a low point in his career. He had just done The Island, and uh, it yeah. was which I liked for the record, and, but but, yeah, but it, it didn't make yeah. a lot of money, you know. No, I know. Uh, so he just come off The Island. Um, he had just come off like he had he he started a production company called Platinum Dunes with two other guys that were basically their whole thing was like producing horror movies and horror movie remakes, and people mm-hmm. didn't like the uh, some people liked some people didn't it, the, the divisive. Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot, remake, whatever you want to well, call it. This was also in a weird era. Some I, I watched this YouTuber recently that pointed out that this era of movie of horror movies were they were big budgeted, big budgeted being a stretch, but like a lot of money being thrown at horror movies, where a lot of them were being either remade or they were very stereotypical of what you've already seen, but the only difference was they'd make the ending a bad ending or a sad ending. This is also the same time that they started um, adapting J-horror. Yes, this was big too. The Ring, The Grudge, this was that But, But the point being was that, like, Michael Bay started a production company and, like, they had just done the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and that had that had some divisiveness amongst horror fans some people loved it some people hated it uh and so so basically he was kind of in a point of his career where people were like uh they were kind of getting not sick of the guy but they were like i don't think he knows how to make a good movie is what people were saying so when he got announced as the director for transformers people weren't very happy no and then it didn't help that he casts uh, he cast Shia LaBeouf as the lead. Uh, now, at the time, Shia LaBeouf was, this was like, he was still a Disney star. So people were like, oh, God, they're not taking this movie seriously. They're literally casting a, a Disney kid to be the lead. Oh, this is not going to be any good. Um, well, fast forward to a couple of years. Uh, the Transformers movie is released. Uh, well, actually, no. Before the Transformers movie is released. Um, maybe six months, seven months before the movie's released, uh, they announced that they had gotten uh, Peter, what's his name? Peter Weller? The original voice. They, they, they announced that they got the original VA of Optimus Prime from the 80s TV show to, to voice Optimus. And literally, the sentiment for the movie went from kind of negative to almost like really hyped. Because, it flipped. Yeah, because he had not voiced Optimus Prime for 15, 16 years at the, up until that point. So people were mm-hmm. very, very excited. Uh, mm-hmm. They were very excited. And then when the trailer released and people heard his voice for the first time, they were they were ecstatic. They were like, oh, my God. Our, our. The moment a trailer dropped, the mood for the movie changed yeah, entirely. Yeah, the mood for the movie changed. Um, then the movie's released. And... You know, critics were like lukewarm towards it. They were like, "Yeah, it's it's a good spectacle, but the char- the human characters are kind of meh." Um, you know, pe- mo- most critics were giving it a C plus at best. 
yeah. a D at worst. They were acknowledged because you because you have to remember this at the at the time people were pretty astounded by the special well, effects. Well, yeah, people forget that the only reason uh, Iron Man looked the way it did was because Kevin Feige, John Favreau, the guys at Marvel, when they went to to pitch their vision to ILM, who was working on Transformers at the time, they were like, so the thing is we, we need a digital mechanical suit. And they were like, well, we're making digital robots right now. Um, if Paramount and, you know, Paramount was producing or distributing Marvel movies at the time. So they said, you want to look at Transformers? And they said, yeah. And when they saw it, they said, yes, this, this exactly. Um, and people also forget the first Transformers movie is a wonderful blend of complex animatronics and CGI. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Bay made it a point that like where possible, they would try to use animatronic transformers um, to make it feel as real as possible because for him, like nothing's better than a real explosion. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the special effects for like, Straight up, I'll admit, when I saw the first Transformers film, I was so blown away with how the visual effects looked that, like, I thought to myself, like, I want to make films because with this, anything is possible. And the the Marvel guys thought the same way. When they saw when they saw the tests for the Autobots and the Decepticons, they were like, yeah, no, like, anything is possible now with CGI. And even now, if you rewatch the first Transformers, you're like, whoa the visuals hold up really, really, really well. Like, the first time... It holds better than some of the sequels. Yeah, the first time Optimus Prime transforms, you're just astounded. The visual effects, the sound design, it's mar... The camera work, it's astounding. So, yeah, like, the first Transformers made a ton of money. and It was... Everyone was seeing it. Everyone was talking about it. I dragged my family to go see it, and... I was the only one that liked it, but I knew I was also, I was the only one in my family that liked it, but the, I knew the audience was on my yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else yeah. loved it. So everyone was like super into it. And uh, immediately a sequel got uh, fast-tracked. And... Uh, like triple booked. Yeah, the sequel. So... Yeah, then all the other ones. Uh, all right. We're, and but, let me do, I want to add something. I, I don't... I know normally we recap like what's happened like in the franchise. I think we while we should certainly discuss that, we can sum it up a bit. Let's more let's in sum this it up case. this Isn't way. Let's sum fair? it up this way. When uh, yeah. the the sequel came out, uh Revenge of the Fallen, I remember that I liked it, but I was surprised to find out that it was considered one not only one of the worst movies of twenty of two thousand and nine, but one of the worst movies of that decade. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to litigate that here. Suffice to say, I no, understand no, why not. people dislike it. Um, and it is what it is. But D- yeah. Revenge of the Fallen made a ton of money. And they greenlit another sequel. And Michael... <laughs> and this one really got some shit. Well, well, actually, so, funny... St- no, wait, which was... So, was, so you know, I'm sorry, yeah, So, uh, Michael Bay... The, Revenge of the Fallen was the first time Michael Bay was like... Yeah, that movie wasn't that great. Uh, the writer's strike had a lot to do with it. Shia LaBeouf right. getting injured had a lot to do with it. And they really didn't have enough time to to conceptualize the, the Autobots and Decepticons. Okay, whatever. Uh, but he said, okay, uh, the third one's going to be my last one. I don't want to do any more. I want to do other stuff. And people were like, okay. 
and he releases Dark Side of the Moon. So, little side note, uh, I was I was in Chicago when they were shooting Dark Side of the Moon, and I I got to see one of the explosions, and Michael Bay had like a his uh, had like his loudspeaker. On, and he said, you guys want to see an explosion? We were like, yeah. And then they did the countdown and we saw the explosion. It was, it was pretty cool. Anyway, Dark Side of the Moon comes out. Uh, that movie, almost everyone agrees, is much, much better than Revenge of the Fallen. And that the third act was probably Michael Bay's magnum opus in terms of action and in terms of set piece. Uh, I tend to agree. Uh, most critics were like, uh, again, Bad, but not as bad as Revenge of the Fallen, and not so bad that you shouldn't go watch it. And that, but critics also said we, in no uncertain terms, it should end here. Yeah, it should end here. Um, and but the movie made over a billion dollars. Uh, so, ba- <laughs> so but it made over a billion. Yeah, so it made over a billion dollars. Uh, then Michael Bay goes does his passion project called Painting Game, which you guys should watch. It's a great movie with the Mark and Mark with the Rock and Marky Mark. Uh, and while he's making pain and gain, he basically tells the rock, Hey, listen, they want me to make a fourth transformers movie. I want you to be the lead. And the rock goes like, no, thank you. And, <laughs> and, then, wow. and then he probably, wow. he probably turns around to Marky Mark and goes, Mark Wahlberg, do you want to be in transformers Four? Cause uh, Shia LaBeouf will never do another one with me. And, uh, I need a lead. And Mark Wahlberg's like, sure. Why not? So, Why did I picture that happening where he's talking to the rock and then he just pivots three feet and says, so Mark, that's pretty much what happened. That's pretty much what, what happened. So and Mark did like two of them, right? Yeah. So they do age of extinction where they introduce the, the Dinobots, I think is what they're called. Uh, and yeah. Grim Grimlock is introduced. In fact, I have a, I have a figure of the Grimlock in my office, but uh, that movie does not make as much money as Dark Side of the Moon, but it still makes money. Um, mm-hmm. It still makes money, and you know, Michael Bay's like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do a fifth one. And the fifth mm-hmm. one he does is called uh, the, the Last the Night. Last Night, right? Comes out uh, in 2017. Uh, but while he's making the Last Night, Paramount decides, you know what we need to do. We need to create a writer's room to write out the next set of Transformers films. Plan it out. They're going to plan it out, right? And uh, and then not follow it. Well, here's the thing. They, they, uh-huh. they plan it out and they hire a writer called Christina Hobson. And they say, listen, Christina. Uh, so our vision is, is that... Uh, Michael Bay is going to release uh, The Last Night, where we're going to have a couple people write The Last Night, and it's going to lead into a prequel for Bumblebee. And this writer, Christina Hobson, goes like, so what do you want me to do? And they're like, we want you to write a prequel about Bumblebee. And she's like, okay, I guess. And she goes and does that. The Last Night's released, and let's it didn't bomb, but it made even less than the first Transformers movie. And like it made its money back, right? Wasn't it? That it the made thing? its money back, but it it and it was okay. So it wasn't as critically reviled as Revenge of the Fallen, but the thing that really bothered Paramount was that it was just kind of ignored. Like it made money, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't. If it didn't make even as much money as as the first one, 
what was the point? So Michael Bagel's like, listen, I'm seriously, I'm done. I, I want to do other stuff. I, I'm done. I am. I'm finito. Okay, fine. Uh, so Christina Hobson finally turns in her draft of, of Bumblebee and Paramount goes, holy shit, this is good. Holy fuck. This is like really the, good. Like they were surprised. They didn't. They, they literally look at her and go like, uh, how how did you come up with this? And she goes like, well, Bumblebee's technically an alien. And what's the best aliens? One, what's one of the best alien stories? E.T. So I kind of just mm-hmm. copy copy and pasted E.T. Uh, hey, the good writers steal. The best writers steal well. Yeah. So uh, Paramount says, okay, so the whole thing about kind of continuing all these threads that were in the last night, one of them being that Earth ended up being Unicron, for those that forgot. <laughs> So they said, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, What if we just make this Bumblebee prequel that was supposed to kind of be about how Bumblebee was on Earth for like decades? How about we just kind of make that be a soft reboot? And then they hire. This was really creative on Paramount's part. They hire the director of a Leica movie called Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, Mm. Travis, Travis Knight. The son of Nike CEO Phil Knight. I learned that recently. I think from you. Yeah, and we were watching Air, so and I mad. tell you, like you know that you know Ben Affleck's playing the dad of the guy who directed uh, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, and you looked at him and you were like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." And by the way, that director, he was also a hip hop artist in the '90s. <laughs> uh, that I I wanted I was so mad yeah. I was so yeah. fucking so, mad. So so uh, Travis Knight directs Bumblebee. Uh, he casts Haley Steinfeld in it, and Bumblebee. While it wasn't a giant blockbuster, it was still quite a big blockbuster. Held its own against Aquaman when it released in 2018. And here's the crazy part, folks: it was critically acclaimed. It was one of the highest critically loved of the Transformers and, franchise, even more than the yeah, first. And, criti- and it was considered one of the best blockbusters of 2018. Like critics were saying, like, this is a Transformers movie you all need to see. And yeah, no, I saw it. They were saying this is the only one you need yeah, to see. I saw it and I was like, wow, this is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. So the movie, the movie is critically acclaimed. The movie makes money. Paramount feels comfortable enough to be like, okay, we need to. Okay, we're basically doing a soft reboot. Uh, we're going to continue on with this thread, kind of like starting a new, telling a new story, even though they were kind of very, they were really not very well communicating that this was a reboot, but, but they were going forward with it. And, uh, they, they take one of the scripts that the writer's rooms write. And this one's about the Maximals, which for those that don't know, those are the transformers that turn into animals. Uh, and they hire the director of Creed 2. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, um. Uh, Stephen Capel Jr. They hire him because, you know, you know, he does Creed 2. Creed 2 is pretty well received. And he's basically chosen to direct this new Transformers movies about the Maximals. So, uh, you know, they start shooting it. The pandemic happens, uh, but they're able to get through with it. And here we are. Uh, so yeah, um, see, I, I know we, we talked about like the timeline of this franchise, but just to, just to, it's okay. just to kind of get, okay. just to kind of get your, your thoughts. Oh, and by the way, oh, you want my thoughts? Yeah. Like, like, I, I know, I know you hate revenge of the fallen. Um, but, but and you just said what you felt about the first one. Uh, what? So, okay. 
Go on, sir. What, what did you feel about, like, what did you feel about the third one? What did you feel about the Mark and Mark ones? What did you feel about Bumblebee? So I have not seen every single one of these movies. I did drop off sometimes. Which, which but, ones did you not see? So I've seen one through... F- okay, first Mark Wahlberg one is four, yeah. right? So I've seen one through four. Wait, maybe I have... See- no, wait. I did not see... Last Night is five, right? Yeah. Didn't see that one because I couldn't bear to watch Anthony Hopkins do that to himself. Um, how was th- how was that, by the way? I have to ask let, you. Let me say something. I- I've liked all of them except five five was just tedious yeah um my favorite my favorite one was still like for me personally my favorite one is still uh dark side of the moon because i have a love for chicago and also i just Mm -hmm. i felt like that was the best way to portray the decepticon autobot battle and uh, i do think the third act is michael bay's crowning achievement like I don't think he'll ever top that, uh, uh, and so I I still hold that the first one is the best one. Bubble and Bumblebee is a very close second. I still enjoy it, and it definitely I, I will change. I will the say, game, but uh, sorry to interrupt. I will say, yeah. What I like about Bumblebee, what I like about the first one, is that the robots don't look too silly. You know what I mean? Well, that's and that and in fact, this is where I think you'd agree the general you understand like when you said, "Oh, I understand why people don't like some of the ones afterwards." It's because especially in the sequels, the designs get really silly. Yeah. Like really insane. Yeah. And there's some rightful critique about some of the stereotypes that are brought in, but we're not going to have that discussion here. Yeah, like um, like for instance, um the in the third one, the one played by or is it the third one? I don't know. Uh, no, in the Marky Mark ones, th- there's the John Goodman robot. The John Goodman Autobot literally looks like John Goodman in a in a in in a metal suit. Like like it's is that the one where we see the robot testicles? No, no, no. That's the second one. But uh, uh, but again, so oh, the right, John Goodman. One, it's like the one. That. It's the one like with the Autobot that kind of has the beard and is fat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I understand why people didn't like. And what I loved mm-hmm. about Bumblebee in the first one was that they look like robots. They look like genuine, you know, robots that would look like that. Not not look like metal. Like there's literally some robots that have like uh, like guts or or they have like um, like kilts. Like like it's ridiculous, and I I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. So, for me though, I saw the first four. First one's great. After that, they just kept having more and more diminishing returns. There's a... The Marky Mark one... And this is why I stopped. The fourth one is very weird to me. And I've talked about this with you in private. How, for some reason, it decides that Mark Wahlberg's daughter... Or the the character that plays his daughter... Is in a relationship with an older man. And she's underage by a little bit. And for some room, for some fucking reason, the movie feels the need to not only state this, but then go into a very weird detailed explanation about why this is legal through something known as the uh, as the Romeo Juliet law or clause. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm and I'm like, why why was any of this necessary? <laughs> why did we need any of this? And I am convinced to this day. 
and let me be clear, I'm not making any accusations against Michael Bay. I'm, I'm genuinely not. But it really felt like a moment of the director saying, see guys, it's okay if like something maybe happened on act. Look, look, it's okay. It was okay. It was okay. Like it seemed very pointed and exact and direct. And I'm like, that, it just, it was just weird. Like you could have just made it that she's, she's an adult. Like that's all you had to do. And he's like, he had her when he was young. That's all that you needed to do. But Instead, they needed this weird element here for some reason, and it was just very strange. Plus, there was a weird, I, I still remember, there was like a weird like product placement for Xbox at one point, and that was also very unnecessary. So by the end of that one, I'm like, you know what? The entertainment value has now been singed for this. So I, I, I passed until the, review, the good reviews for Bumblebee came out, and then I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed Bumblebee a lot. But I, I saw the E.T. and I was like, this was still great, but I saw the E.T. Um, vibes. Again, nothing wrong with that, but it's why I still hold the first one in high esteem. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to mention to the audience, who I know you are aware of this, but many people do not know. Actually, you know what I'll ask, Al? Al, do you know who the original voice of Unicron was? Orson Welles. Exactly. The, and not just that, it was the last thing he ever did. And he was drunk off his ass when he was recording his lines. And you know what? He was. It's and he was great. He was great. In- <laughs> no, I, I when I left this movie, I was in my car, and before I left, I googled clips. I typed in Orson Welles Unicron, and I'm like, oh yeah, it, this is amazing. He could have cared less. <laughs> it, he famously thought this was dumb. Yeah. Famously, he thought this was stupid. He needed the money. He did it. And it was great. It was so well he was, done. The line, he, it was, he oh, was that level. It was the last thing he ever he did. He was that, that level of actor, like, uh, like, uh, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh God, I can't believe I'm blanking at his name. Uh, uh, the Godfather. Um, oh, um, fuck. No, we are not. We are not doing we're, that. We're, we're not forgetting we're, his name. We're not forgetting his name. Uh, the Godfather, no. Jor-El. Uh, um, uh, uh, hold on. No, this is unacceptable. Uh, how, how am I for... No, like not okay. Marlon Brando. Okay. Would be sh- Marlon Brando. Yeah. The Marlon Brando. Orson Welles and Marlon Brando were like that level where they did not give a shit, but when they said their lines, you're like, holy shit, what the hell? Um, no, it, it, it's... First of all, folks, do yourself a favor and just Google... Um, or sorry, go to YouTube and type in Orson Welles outtakes or Orson Welles drunk commercial. It's the greatest thing ever. It's so funny. Yeah. But he could have given less of a shit and he is delivering those lines with perfection. And it, it is like, you're, ooh, it's, it's upsetting that he's so good. And the reason why I looked it up is because, fun fact, folks, spoiler alert, I don't give a shit. They feature Unicron in this movie, which for those who don't know, he's the Transformer that eats planets. He's the Galacticus of this world. He, he kind of looks the... like Galacticus, too. Kind of, yes. But clearly the movie didn't quite have the budget to fully unfold him, which was silly. But I guess they're saving that. They're saving um, that So one, one thing I do want to add. Uh, the Unicron was shown in, in The Last Night. 
It's fully unfolded. No, no, no. It just, the the whole twist was that Earth is Unicron. Earth is Unicron oh. like in deep sleep. So that's how you know that this is definitely a a reboot because in the last time we saw Unicron, he was trying to pop out of Earth, and uh, okay. this time around, uh, he's he's a whole different entity. He's not Earth. Um, okay. So see, how's about we start watching the trailer and then we give our give our thoughts on the movie. Let's do it. For centuries, our kind has stayed hidden on Earth. But darkness has found us again. Prime. This is about the fate of all living things. Unicron is coming. I thought we were boys. You want it? Come and get it. You brought a human here. I'm nobody. I ain't even seen nothing. I'm not even seeing anything right now. Thank you, hold the lamp, and you have a the aim. Stop. Stop! This is not our war. Optimus, we must trust each other to protect the home we all share. How big can this guy be? Uh, he eats planets, so like way bigger than a planet. In the end, everything you cared for will be consumed. Maybe there's another way to save our home. You've never faced anything like this. Let them come. like to say Mm -hmm. that just a little bit of personal history for me uh beast wars the animated series that introduced the toy line that was the maximals and the predacons uh the 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 series that kind of sort of inspired this this entry of the film franchise was my introduction to transformers my very first transformer toy was I believe a I believe it was the baboon maximal or no the mandrill maximal mine was um, the white tiger maximal ooh that one was a good one mm-hmm. uh and then later on I had a cheetor um I always wanted a uh, optimus primal but those were really expensive 
because uh, always the leader the leader of the of the Autobots or the Transformers was always like the more expensive one. But you also remember um, these were the toys. This is what started the. Okay, I don't think it started it, but this was the first toy that I remember where each toy would come with one piece of another toy. Yeah. And if yeah. you got them all, you could put you would have an extra toy. And exactly. I remember like. I remember wanting oh, to Oh, parents that. must have hated that. Oh, parents were... First of all, I know parents were probably sent hate mail to Hasbro for that shit. That is, <laughs> that is so cruel. Because yeah. then you're like, basically... You're, you're basically... You're uh, telling the parents, look what a bad parent you are by not completing this for them. You have to buy all of them. And the My worst God. part was, the head would be like... for. For the most expensive toy, for the opt, because Optimal Primal came with the head of the yeah. other one, so it's like you can't give your kid a headless toy. So yeah, you gotta yeah, buy yeah, the yeah. most expensive one to finish the tiniest piece. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, when I like, when when the last night came out, I was kind of like, you know what? I don't really need to watch all these movies opening night. Uh, when Bumblebee came out, I was like, oh. I'm interested and I'm interested again. And when I heard that the next one was going to have the Maximals in it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to watch this. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I, there might be a little bit of bias just because again, it's that thing of like, Oh, it's tapping into a childhood thing of mine. Um, but then, you know, I, I still have, I still have critiques because, uh, so the way Paramount decided to approach this, so so in the TV show, uh, in the TV show, see, I don't know if you remember, it the Maximals and Predacons are actually from a future Cybertron where the Transformers were like, guys, we don't need to turn into machines. Let's just turn into, let's just transform into uh, uh, animals small that are smaller than machines. So that we don't use as much energon and live so like I, that. I'll admit I don't remember why they turned into animals. I just thought it was cool. So I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. that part. So so yeah, so basically basically is like millennia after the Autobot uh Decepticon war in Cybertron. Okay. Like like now uh the Predacons are led by this guy who took the name Megatron to honor the old Megatron. Uh and they're running away from Cybertron and the Maximals are after them. And they go into a wormhole and they end up in a weird, in a weird planet. And there's more stuff involved. I'm not going to get into it. The but. planet, the, the planet, they, I watched some clips recently and I realized that weird planet was very much just like, how do I, it might as well have been called planet plot. It was like whatever they needed it to do. Yeah. It yeah. did. And that's, it's a kid's show. That's fine. I'm not like yeah. criticizing that. It's just, it's exactly. funny to look at and you're like, oh, it does anything they want it to do. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, Rise of the Beasts. Mm -hmm. See, what are your thoughts? Well, um, going to be honest, I was like iffy on reviewing this movie. But then you, you, show, you presented the blackmail you had on me and you know explained that we had to do this for the podcast. So I went to see it and, you know... Wait, I'm blanking out the lead actor's name in this. What's his name? Anthony Ramos. Okay. He is a very talented actor. 
He's done a lot of good stuff. He was really He's good. A, he was in Hamilton. He was in Hamilton. He was also really good in uh, in the Heights. Very good in that. He's in. Uh, he's done some TV work, and in general, he's just he's just very good at what he does. Um, he's going to be the villain in the Ironheart Disney Plus show. Is he really? Yep. I didn't know that, but he he's very good. He he plays a very. Um, he's you know what he's good at. He's good at playing like a real person interacting with like the world around it. He's not so polished in his performance, which works. Mm-hmm. And I like him, but it's like, I'm not obsessed with his roles. I just, he's good. So he's in this and, um, you know, he's, he's going through the motions. I would say he does a, he does exactly what's asked of him in this. Um, the things I noticed though, more were, we, we, we got back into how, remember how we talked about how Bumblebee like curbed how weird the Transformers looked? Yeah. Well, this, not like last night bad, as you put it, but they, or as the other movies bad, but they, they went a little back in that direction. They in, did. They did. Yeah, I that. agree. And you're just like seeing them like, okay, so we mentioned, okay, the, the big bad is Unicron, but he's not the antagonist. I have to say, I think the design for the antagonist in this was really not good. It's really basic. He looks like a droid from like Star Wars or something. Like it's very, but with like sharp serrated teeth. So the antagonist's name is Scourge. Do you know who plays him? Who? Peter Dinklage. Wait, 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 wait. Peter Dinklage voices that role? Yeah. They added so much. Because, folks, in the trailer, you hear the voice that goes, In the end, you will all be consumed. That's Scourge. I didn't know that was the thing's name. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. So, Peter Dinklage did that? Yep. So, they added a lot of effects to that. I, could, I didn't know that at all. Do you know who played uh, Unicron? Oh, God. Oh, ugh. Who? Anthony fucking Hopkins? Who? No, Coleman Domingo. Who? Coleman Domingo. Uh. He played Ralph Abernathy in Selma. Uh, he played the 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 sort of bad guy in uh, in Candyman. Oh. Okay. Interesting. He plays Cutler in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. No, no, I I know who you're talking about now. Okay, I. I'm not over this Peter Dinklage voicing. This thing. I'm not. No, let's go back to that for a second. Okay, hold, okay. Hold on. I'm not over that. I'm, I'm not. I haven't recovered from that. What? Like, okay. That was. It was such a. Okay, I'm not even blaming Peter Dinklage for this. It didn't sound like him at all. It just sounded like a synthesized robot voice. Like I'm really like he's playing a lot of villain roles, I guess, because he's going to be the villain in um. The prequel to the Hunger Games movies, I think. Yeah, he is. But, like, I'm looking... Uh, and listen, for the record, I know Peter Dinklage have given, has been given some shit over his voice acting because mainly he did a, a video game character that a lot of people made fun of in a game called Destiny. But those were just... He was just given shitty lines. He didn't actually do that bad of a job. 
but he's actually a really good voice actor. For those who don't know, he does a voice in the second Croods movie. He plays like the other hus- the husband of the other family they find, and he does a great job in that. It really works. But this just sounded like if a um, uh, what, uh, if a uh, if an iron was talking, I get a flat iron was speaking or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't sound like any specific voice. I thought they just picked some rando. I didn't know. Ugh, okay. I do know. Isn't um, Ron Perlman did the voice of Optimal, right? Optimus Primal, Optimus yeah. Prime, Optimus Prime. And, yeah. and Peter Cullen, not Peter Weller. Peter Cullen okay. does the voice of Optimus Prime. He's been the, he was the original voice of Optimus Prime. No, he's um, always done it. Yeah, he's, you know, you know, it. you know what. You know what gave me your reaction what? towards Peter Dinklage as Scourge? What? When I found out, so I'm watching the movie, like, and I watched the trailer. I watched the trailer maybe once before, mm-hmm. uh, or paid attention to the trailer once before. Yeah. I'm watching the movie. the 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 Porsche transforms to reveal Mirage. Mirage opens his mouth, and I'm like, "Fuck you!" Is that Pete Davidson? Oh, no, I knew that. Fuck, <laughs> it's Pete Davidson. Why can't I escape Pete Davidson? Oh, God. That I knew. I knew that because I once I heard him say, I thought we were boys. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Pete Davidson. I was like, oh, I was fuck. like, I was like, hey, Mirage, are you going to offer uh, Noah? Because the character uh, Anthony weed. Ramos's character is play- named. I was like, no, are you going to offer Noah cocaine? You're like, hey, let's snort this. It's not going to ruin your career. Besides, if you make a funny story out of your rehab, you'll become even more famous. Hey, hey, <sighs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, King of Staten Island, I enjoyed that movie. I liked it. Assume it, it, it. It's fun. Like, okay, King of Staten Island's fine, but the fact that they made a TV show version of it called Bupkis, uh, I like, okay. I'm not. I'm not here to litigate Pete Davidson. I'm just saying that you, throughout that you through, you did that during the uh, bodies, bodies, bodies review. So yeah, yeah, like uh, Mirage as Pete Davidson to me didn't work. Um, no, I, I I know they were trying to go for like a more like street like like a, a street version of the relationship between Haley Steinfeld's character and Bumblebee. Uh, except this time it's with Noah and uh, Mirage. But Mirage is just not interesting. <laughs> Mirage is just kind of a douche. But, but you know, like, it's weird that I, I listen to some other reviewers and they're like, oh, Mirage is great. And I'm like, is he really? Is, is he, he really? Like, no, he's not. Also, um, uh, I'm not going to get into specifics, but Bumblebee's not in this a lot. Uh, but when he, when he is in it, he's now apparently like the most obnoxious cinephile. Where even even like Optimus Prime is like, you need to stop watching. You need to stop going to drive-in movie theaters because this is annoying. I mean, Every I li- actually liked that detail because it makes sense. Like he, that's what he would do. I actually didn't mind that. Okay, part. no, no, no. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying it's kind of funny that like whereas before he would just use random clips that he he would find on the radio. Mm-hmm. In this entry, it's all like lines from famous movies. Yes. So I don't. I guess that I don't know if that was. Uh, a choice from the writers or a choice from Stephen Capel Jr. But it's a choice. It's a choice. It, it is what it is. Um, um, so the only... Okay, go ahead. So what I was going to say is that... So, okay, the designs for a lot of the robots in this, a lot of the Transformers, just weren't that great. Like, even that one female robot with the wheels on RC? her feet. RC. 
her design, there was something unfinished about it. I don't know what it was. It just didn't seem right. Um, it was also so weird that when she started talking, I was like, she sounds like a YouTuber. And then it turns out she is a YouTuber. Oh, really? Like the, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, Liza Koshi. Oh, shoot. I know, I know of that name. So, yeah, yeah. Like, like. I was, I, she started talking, it's like, why does she sound like a famous YouTuber? And I looked, I was like, oh shit, it is her. The, um, I actually did like the, so the, the animal designs were a little better. They were, they were a little better. The, the, uh, Hawk was a good design. I liked that. Um, uh, what, what, what was her name? Uh, Air Razor. Yeah. She was like, her design was cool. Um, Optimus Primal, I thought was a little I guess it was accurate to the show so that's fine. Well, not too accurate. Remember, in the show, they take the size of the animal they're 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 going to well, disguise yeah, they, themselves. Well, and out. they weren't about to do that with this movie. No, we yeah, knew it would, it, we it knew would, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense that you're like the Autobots are so much bigger than the Maximals. The Maximals aren't going to do anything. Yeah, no, we we knew that going in. But I think the only other issue I, and this highlighted issue I have in general with a lot of these movies is so every single uh, Transformers movie ever made needs this very obvious MacGuffin but you don't like I don't Except Bumblebee and Bumblebee yeah, Bumblebee's right. the MacGuffin yeah, <laughs> and that, but that's my point okay that's that makes my point stronger my point is Bumblebee is proof that you don't need some random world-ending object every time. Now, I get, I get that a lot of Marvel movies also have a MacGuffin, but they handle their MacGuffins better. Either the MacGuffin is, a big, is part of a bigger MacGuffin that's going to be in a, an Avengers movie, so we are invested in it, or, sorry, they, or they do have a genuine MacGuffin, or the third option is the MacGuffin is also a character. So they spread it out just enough. But in Transformers, every single one of them except Bumblebee, it's so obviously like this great shard is the key to the thing we need that is going to do the thing. But we must, and guess what? They always destroy it for the sake of humanity. Every time. Well, not Bumblebee. Every time. But every time they destroy it. Because they're like, we will we will be alone for these people. But it's, it's like, that's going to happen every time. They're going to just destroy it. For the people, even though it means not going to their home world. So it's just, it's like, so the moment they're like, we, it is our task to protect this piece of glass. It was a piece of glass, right? It was a piece of glass. It was a shard of some kind. And they're like, we must protect it. And I'm like, the one who said it first is going to be the, he's going to be the one to destroy it in the end. He's going to do it. The, I guess the one thing I appreciated, though, was that at least the lead character, like, the human brought it up as an option, like, like to save people. Like, that was kind of different. Yeah. But, so that, that was good. But it just – I was reminded of some of the issues or the reason why I stopped. That being said, like I said, the lead actor was he, – he knew exactly what to do. Same with uh, – what was the lead actress? Um, Dominique Fishback. Yes, she was good. She, she Okay, so so something I want to say about Dominique Fishback. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, I think most of us got introduced to her through Project Power. Uh, did you see that? 
I did not. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so she, has been in some stuff. Uh, she was in the hate you give, which came out in 2018 project powers and Netflix movie starring, uh, uh, oh, right. Jamie Foxx yeah. and, uh, and Jordan, uh, Jordan, uh, wait, what's his name? Um, uh, Gordon Levitt, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Um, in that she plays like, like a freshman teenager, high schooler, who sells drugs, right? That's mm-hmm. what she is. She's she's the scrappy young kid who 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 is kind of like the the substitute daughter for Jamie Foxx while he's searching for his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And then literally a year later, she plays the love interest for uh for uh, what's his face? Um for Fred Hampton in Judas in Judas and the Black Messiah. That's right. I knew that's where I recognized her. And okay. in that she pl- she plays like she she plays like you know a uh, uh, a college student like like in her in her early twenties who's in love with Fred Hampton blah 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 is gonna have his baby yada 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 she was good and in that she's great in that and in this one she like in this one she's playing a a a woman who's probably in her early thirties very like very professional in her work you know like very smart, like very, very mature. And, and my thing with her is like, Jesus Christ, in the span of three years, you've played like three distinct age ranges and you look all those ages. I'm like, no, that's, some... but, but also you look the same at the same you time, look the same. but you also look all the same. No, you're right. That is like, and appara- apparently, point. apparently she's in another, she's in a Amazon show called swarm that everyone says is really uh, good. Oh, that's also okay, dude. Swarm is great. Swarm is the like the offshoot, unofficial like rebrand of Atlanta. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> no, because okay. uh, Donald Glover's involved in it. Okay, um, and it's it's that. Oh my god, that's where I recognized her mainly from. Oh my god, fuck this but, movie. Watch Swarm. That's great. <laughs> okay, but point, the point I'm trying to say is that Dominique Fishback has this uncanny ability to really like just fit in perfectly in every movie she's in, Mm -hmm. you know, like in project power, you're like, yeah, she's a spunky little girl in Judas and the black Messiah. You're like, yeah, she's this college student who's joining this radical movement. And in this movie, she, she's a scientist and she's, she, she's, she fits perfectly so well. And that's just a testament to her acting skills. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there are bigger and better things waiting for her than Transformers. Believe you me. No, and she has no intent of coming back to this. I don't yeah. think. I, I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, and I like Anthony Ram- Ramos. I really do. Um, you know, he pops up in weird commercials here and there, but. You oh know. right, for Crown Royal, I forgot. <laughs> and he's like, he's always like in like all the versions of the commercial, he ends up giving it to his mom. And I'm like, if I gave my mom a bottle of Crown Royal, I think she would smack me in the face. Like, let me right. be clear. But, but point point being is that uh, both are great actors. Like, listen, um, and here here's the, here's the testament to it. Shia LaBeouf joined the Transformers franchise because he had, you know, he was he was a Disney kid. That's all he was. Um, and, and you know, he needed to make the jump to movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one was joining the Transformers franchise if they had some respect to their name. And it says something that in this entry... Unless Anthony, you're Anthony Hopkins where you get a ton of fucking money. Well, yeah. yeah. It says something that in this movie, 
they were able to nab Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback after they've been in critically acclaimed projects. Well, you know why I think that is? I bet you money they both like genuinely like the Transformers TV show. And I think like they were fans of it and they actually were like, I want to be a part of this in some shape or form. And, and, and probably maybe in a version know. of this, they read a script and thought there's a version of this that could be good. We'll get into why it's not, but you yeah. Know, okay. So, he, so here's, here's the thing. See, I've agreed with everything you've said so far, like, like almost to the T. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest critique for the film is just this, is that the pacing and the story and, and you know, the, we're saving this for the flash, mm-hmm. but this movie and the flash share a writer, Joby Harold. And really? I'm not blaming. Yeah. And I'm not blaming this on this guy who knows why, but I will say that in both the movies that Joby Harold has written in, Uh-oh. uh, it has been my view that these movies suffer from too fast pacing and that has barely any breathing room and a plot that's just keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. Not so much, not so much. Uh, do you remember that YouTube video where, where the South Park guys talk about their writing process? Yes. Where, where they go like, they so never do plot point and then this happens and then this and then this and then this always do therefore 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 or or but then never do and this and this and this mm-hmm. and it's my belief that in transformers rise of the beasts it's a lot of and this and this and this mm. and that's my that's my biggest and don't get me wrong um like the well the first one didn't have this problem the first one is actually a pretty tight script it's just some for some people they would say oh the jokes were a little corny mm. and that just kept being the problem over and over again were with the humor in this one it's just kind of like oh uh the character does this and then this happens and then this oh and then for some reason optimus is here and this happens and this happens and that to me it doesn't make for a good story you're just kind of like Okay, I, I guess, I guess. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. You never feel like there's an organic story being told. You feel like you're just moving from one set piece to another or from one location to another. And, you know, it's just, it just you know, it's just this movie that keeps going. And then the other weird thing, and this is totally just a me personal thing. Mm-hmm. This movie, even though it's about the world being eaten by Unicron, it feels really, really small. Say what you will about all the Michael Bay movies, especially, especially the first three. It really felt like this was an, a global event that had a lot of different players in it. You know, you had the government involved, you had the military involved, you had the Autobots, you had the Decepticons, you had the people who were secretly working with the Decepticons. You know, uh, it felt like like say what you will about Michael Bay. He knew how to create a big, big epic scale with a lot of moving parts. Now you might've said he had, he would overcomplicate it. And I would, I would agree with some elements there, but still it was this thing of like, okay, you know, but if the world's in danger, a lot of players in the world would be involved. And then with rise of the beast, it's literally like just these groups of Autobots and these two human beings. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's just a personal thing where I'm like, this is like, 
it's such big stakes, but such a small team. Okay, I guess. I don't know. That just bothered me. But what are your thoughts on my my views of the story? I hadn't actually thought about it, but you're 100% right. Um, because it's kind of like, you know, how, okay, you were talking about the plot points leading into one another of and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Well, here it was. And then this set piece, and then this set piece, and then that set piece. And you knew it was small when we go from the town where the town in South America they're in. Peru, yeah, the town in Peru. The town in Peru, sorry. They're in Peru, and they need the thing. And then the big climax happens just not super far away from there. Like, I know they argued, oh, it was up in the mountains, but it didn't feel far. It's like, you've put it in the same area, so guess what? We're, like, not feeling this. This is like There's, This movie only has, like, two and a half locations. New York yeah. City, or the New York City metropolitan area, mm-hmm. and Peru. That's it. Yep. That's, yep, and then sometimes space for a minute, but not really. Um, I will also add that, there was something so you we have the final battle and because this movie actually reminded me of a bad version of Iron Man 2 and I know Iron Man 2 gets a lot of shit but it, and it's it, it, plenty of problems with it but what I mean by what I say there is that Iron Man 2 was kind of a giant commercial for the Avengers this is a giant commercial for whatever the fuck they're doing next. That's all this seems to be. They're always talking about Unicron is coming. Unicron is coming. Unicron is here, but he's not really here. He's like not really here. Like not really though. Like that's he not He doesn't really even transform. Happen. He doesn't transform. He stays one shape. That's all that happens. It's like if you're dealing with Unicron's yes man, the, the stakes are not that high. All right. I'm not, I'm not interested. Like if they like built into this whole thing that like, oh, he is, you know, like if they made this villain, what was his name again? Scourge. You know what? Uh, Peter Dinklage, Scourge, Peter (laughs) Dinklage. I still, I, I, I can't get over that. I hope he got a big fat paycheck for that though. So Peter Dinklage, if they made it seem more like, oh, this is Darth Vader. Like, cool. Great. I'm down with this. The problem is, yes, Scourge goes around kind of kicking ass, but in reality, he just becomes this, you know what Scourge was? He is, he kind of is like, if he were to knock on your door and he's like, have you heard about our Lord and Savior Unicron? Like, that's, that's what he kind of was. He was the Unicron preacher going around and saying the end times are coming. Actually, you know what? No, you... Scourge is the guy you see in the city saying the end is nigh in his underwear, screaming at the top of his lungs. That's mm-hmm. what Scourge was. But he had like some little villains alongside him. Like that's mm-hmm. all he did. He was just like, the end is coming. The end is here. I've beaten people before. I could give a fuck, frankly. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're not menacing. You're not that scary. You're When your little spidery lackeys are scarier than you, that's a problem. Like that scene in the museum where it's like that weird arachnid scorpion thing coming after them. Yeah. That was at least good. That was a fun moment. 
yeah, it's fun. But then at the same time, you're like, didn't Michael Bay do this in, it was either the first or second one mm-hmm. that he did something very similar to that. And, 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 and listen, I'm not saying like it's derivative. I'm just saying like, yeah, it's something that people remembered from the first or second one that it's in this one and it's fine. It's just, you know, it's, it's nothing really new. Um, another, another critique I have of the film, and I'm sure you'll definitely agree here is the fact that like they, they do this thing that a lot of movies do that I really don't like where they'll be like, Oh, a sacrifice was made. And then it's undone like five minutes later. Yeah. It's like, there's, there's one that happens early in the movie where everyone in my theater was like, yeah, that's not going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it gets, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Literally right before the third act, a character brings up, Oh, there, you know, the, 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 the there's so much, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of energon here and I'm like, Oh, okay. The, 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 the they're going to undo the sacrifice. And then it's like, they don't even show it. And then the third act happens and boom, sacrifice undone. And I'm like, really? Really? Okay, I, I guess. All right, fine. No, it was the Jesus resurrection moment that we didn't yeah. even get oh, to it see. Gets, it, no, it gets better. And then the third act has like two sacrifices where, again, everyone in my theater was like, yeah, that's not going to stick. That's not going to stick. <laughs> everyone, we all knew what was happening. Like, like the, even the one that you're like, okay, this may stick, right? This may stick. You're like, it didn't. you're like, it didn't, it, it didn't. didn't. And it just didn't. And, and it's like, I don't know why movies do this. Like, like say like at, at the very least, uh, Michael Bay in the first one killed an Autobot. Yeah. You know, he killed an Autobot and never brought him back to life. Like, like in every subsequent entry that he made of, of his Transformers. Oh yeah. Movie, that one got ripped in half too. I yeah, forgot about that. W- one got ripped in half. In the second one, one got exploded. In the third one, one got shot in the face. And Ooh. in the fourth one, one was executed. Ooh. Like like all the original Transformers in the first ones, besides uh, Bumblebee and, and Optimus, were like killed in every subsequent entry. Right? Yeah. And you're like, Michael Bay never brought them back. And like three characters... <laughs> Uh, sacrifices are undone in one movie and you're like so fast you're like really there's only one sacrifice that sticks and that one was like you know it wasn't that big of a deal i'm sorry no it really wasn't it really wasn't you see it and you're like "Mm, all right and 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 okay so al can i talk about the post credit scene please in the vaguest terms possible. Bullshit. <laughs> that's what I want to say. All right, all right, all right. How about this? How that's about all th- I want to uh, say. That's all you want to say? Bullshit. Okay, okay. Bullshit. You know like, what? You know what? Bullshit. You know what? I'm going to take that bullshit from you, and I'm going to save it for something. Oh, you're going to save uh, it? I'm going to save it. Uh, all right. How about this? Um, uh, do you have any Do you have any other observations, or are you ready to give your rating? I'm ready to give my rating. All right. Give your rating. This is more than meets the meh. <laughs> Get it? In yeah. case you don't look it up. Yeah, yeah, I get it's it. More than I get it. The meh. Literally, than as you know, what did it for me? By the way, what, what? game? Because I'm like, does this, is this? A, I, I knew it wasn't a movie, but like, I was like, I was originally gonna give this a sucks, but I realized, listen, there were some fun action sequences, but then I couldn't resist when uh, Optimus Primal 
talks about humans and he says they are more than meets the eye. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck that. Okay, okay. You okay. are getting that rating. All right, all right, cool. Uh, some things I did, quickly, some things I did like. Um, I like the redesigns for Optimus Prime. I, it's from Bumblebee, but I really enjoyed it. It's closer to his Gen 1 look. Mm-hmm. Listen, which is the ultimate design. It's, it's super schmaltzy. But the human element in this one is so much better. Not as good as Bumblebee, but it's so much better than what we got with the original five move with the original five movies. Like it's about a, a guy who like and it's it's pretty like in your face about it. It's not subtle at all, but it's about this guy who like got discharged from the military, doesn't have a job. His mom's he's still living with his mom, so he's a bit of a loser. But, you know, he wants to make money so that his brother who has sickle cell can see a doctor. And, you know, it's super schmaltzy, but at least it's presented in a respectful way, in a, in a sincere way that I appreciated. Um, I really liked uh, Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback in this. I think they were super likable and they're they're super talented actors. So, of course, they'll be super likable. Mm-hmm. Uh weirdly i would say even though i'm not a pete i'm not a pete regardless what my brother would say i am not a pete davidson fan <laughs> maybe the opposite but you, you hate l- watch him but listen i didn't like his voice but mirage it got the job done the set pieces are fine um if you like transformers like like i like transformers i i'll always love transformers it was my favorite toy growing up and I have a soft spot for the first three Transformers movies from Michael Bay. I would say for those folks, it's it's a Transformers movie. And that means, yeah, you go watch it. Go watch it on a matinee like I did, but go watch it. And it's not as good as Bumblebee. And I would even say it is just not it's not as good as the first one. No. Um just because listen, the first one, the first one what made it so cool, and I know this sounds so stupid. What made the first one so cool was that in some weird way, it was like, oh, the Transformers are in our world. And the reaction, like, obviously there would be a military presence. Obviously, like, secret organizations would know about them and try to hide them from existence. And obviously, like, they would fuck shit up. That was interesting. And obviously, it got overboard in the second and third one. But in that first one, I thought it was a great balance. And it was a great, like, large-scale story of these beings coming to our world in this one, it's really small scale. And, uh, you know, I, what can I say? Scourge is not Megatron. He's just not. No. Uh, and Unicron is just not in it enough to be like, Oh my God, this is a Unicron movie. Uh, so for me, this is a transformers movie and just to steal from cotton for everyone else. Yeah. This would be more than meets the meh. Like you'll be bored by, if you're not a transformer, if you're not someone who like, grew up playing with their Transformers toy daily like I did from like age five to age 14 because I was that old until I gave it up. There's nothing Uh, wrong with that. I played with my Legos till I was 14, so I get it. Yeah, like, yeah, if you're not that guy, yeah, this is more than meets the map. But if you're you're a Transformers person like I was, like I I am in some ways, yeah, this is a Transformers movie. Um, You know, and enjoy it because... Listen, Peter Cullen is almost 95 years old. He's going to retire soon from voice acting. And when he does, I mean, you know. 
That's no more. That will be a loss. Yeah. When when he retires, not to hear his Optimus Prime anymore, it's gonna be gonna be a big bummer. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. With that being said, we're gonna talk about the post credit scene right now. So if you don't want to hear about it, turn off the podcast. If you do want to hear about it, just know that it's a. Uh, I I would say it's, it's an bit. It's. It's I would ambitious say, bullshit. Fine. It's ambitious, ambitious bullshit. bullshit. It's ambitious bullshit. Okay. Okay. So and and here I, I'll give. I'll, listen. I don't know who conceptualized that post-credit scene. If it was Stephen Capel Jr., if it was the producer, the Ben Ventura producers, I don't know who did. I will say this. I will say this. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony Ramos's character goes for a job interview. What he thinks is like to be a security guard for like a imports company. Mm-hmm. Like he's going in there to to get a job as a security guard, and he meets with Michael Kelly, who is a pretty big. <laughs> Pretty big character actor. He was uh, the fixer in uh, in uh, House of Cards. Uh, he he's like he, he was he's on the same guy. he was on the same plane as me as once, once. Really? Yeah. He's and a- here, get this. He was flying from Atlanta to Baltimore, and House of Cards is filmed in Baltimore. And this is when they were working on the last season of House of Cards. So mm. I knew what he was doing. You should have told him, sir, I loved your work in uh, in Chronicle because he was the abusive dad in Chronicle. He was with his his daughter. I didn't want to bother him. Okay, okay. Um, but he's a great actor. But he, he's he's a notable character actor. He's like a solid B-list actor. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. We mean that as so, a compliment, by the way. He's, yeah, he's yeah. Good. So he starts talking. And immediately, if you've seen the other Transformers movies, you're like, oh, Anthony Ramos's character is going to get uh, – is going to get invited to join sector seven. That's the agency in charge of, of, you know, guarding the frozen Megatron. They're in charge of, of keeping the secret of the Autobots safe from the, the world. You're like, okay, that's fine. Okay. You're like, okay, that's going to tie up this narrative really, really well. And then the camera pans to the wall behind him and you see a plaque oh, and he touches, it. he touches the plaque. And the plaque says, what does the plaque say, C? Uh, hold on, I gotta go throw up. I'll be right back. The it plaque says, says, on three, one, two, three. G-I-G. A real, no, no. It says, a real American hero. Uh, and I, look, literally everyone in my theater saw yeah. it. And they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh, that's probably, I was like, what are they going like, a real American? No, yep. no. And then, and then, and, and then they reveal that the import company is actually a front for like a military base. And he mm-hmm. hands him a business card that says G.I. Joe. That's right. It was on the business card. Oh, man. I, so. Uh, so you know what's coming, right? You, you understand that now we're going to get um, Megatron aligning himself with um cobra with cobra that they're building to that bullshit here's <laughs> the, here's the crazy thing here's the crazy thing uh-huh i i'm like just dumbfounded i'm like how is this gonna work okay so yes uh for those who are asking yes co transformers and gi joe have crossed over like they're so basically when they both had comic lines they literally started a crossover Revenge called Transformers and G.I. Joe, where the Autobots teamed up with G.I. Joe 
the Decepticons teamed up with Cobra and they basically had a giant battle. So yes, there is uh there there is in there is a there there is background for this. There there this this has happened. This does exist. Mm -hmm. the, like literally people would say Alien versus Predator, GI Joe and Transformers, those were like the big crossovers that everyone would know about where you'd be like, "What? That's real?" I was like, "Yeah, it's a very real thing." And they're actually really good comic books. Okay. Um Here's the thing, though. Here's my question. Like, okay, the first G.I. Joe movie did not do well. The first G.I. Joe movie came out a year after, a year or two years after uh, the first Transformers movie. It had Channing Tatum in it. It had um, uh, Marlon Wayans. Yeah, it had Marlon yeah. Wayans. <laughs> oh, Channing right. Tatum. Marlon Wayans was in that. Yeah, I forgot. It had Channing Tatum, Marlon Wayans. Uh, and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, kind of. Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Cobra Commander. That's I know. so fucking funny. It's That's so the funniest fucking thing ever. My, I dragged my dad to see that, and we laughed when we realized that's what they were going towards. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, that movie did not do well. The, the only thing people remember about that movie where they're like, was Brendan Fraser in that? And, you're, and people are like, oh, yeah, he was. He, was, he oh cameoed in that. Uh, that movie did not do well. Um, and, and here's the funny thing. They literally, so it was directed by Steven Summers, who most people know the director of The Mummy and Van Helsing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, basically, they forced Steven Summers to create a set piece where the G.I. Joe was wearing basically a, an Iron Man knockoff outfit because that, yeah. I, Iron Man had come out in 2008, G.I. Joe came out in 2009, and they wanted something to have people come into the theater. That yeah. movie did not do well. Um, like, Four, four years later, they sort of reboot it. Uh, John M. Chu directs the sequel. It's called G.I. Joe Retaliation. And people thought, okay, this is going to be a soft reboot. It's both a soft reboot and a sequel because in literally the first set piece, Channing Tatum playing Duke dies. And that sets up The Rock as the new as the new leader of the G.I. Joes. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, and it, it, it picks up all the threads that the first one dropped off, which you would think like they wouldn't do that, but they did. That movie actually made a lot of money. That movie that movie made a lot of money, and there was a really good part where the original G.I. Joe is played by Bruce Willis. So that movie did pretty well, and they, you know, The Rock's in it, and they're like, okay, there's going to be a sequel. Well, unfortunately, The Rock got really busy, and things kind of stalled. And then, like, almost 10 years later, uh, Henry Golding from, uh, from Crazy Rich Asians announces, hey... I'm going to play Snake Eyes in a Snake Eyes prequel. Mm. And listen, you and I didn't see that movie because no, we, we knew not. it was garbage. And that movie bombed. Hard. That movie bombed hard. Yeah. And I guess Paramount's like, I don't think this was like, guys, let's join G.I. Joe and Transformers like in the comics. I think it was more like, guys, G.I. Joe cannot carry itself. We're going to have it piggyback off the Transformers. I don't know. All I, I know, and, and I'm gonna make a bet with you right now on who they cast as the lead for GI Joe. Okay, who's gonna be the lead? Duke? Is it gonna be Duke? Because oh, Duke's, Duke has historically always been the leader. Oh no, I more meant the actor they're gonna cast. Okay, who are they gonna cast? Glenn Powell. Tell me I'm wrong. Ooh, Glenn Powell would be a great Duke. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Glenn Powell, they're gonna cast him. He'd say yes. He get yeah. he he knows what he is now. Like Glenn Powell has figured out like what he's being cast as. Which yeah. listen, and I just looked up his IMDB. I was like curious, is any they wouldn't mention it now, but like he's um 
It's not listed yet. There's some interesting things though. He's listed as so. So the interesting, interesting. So here, here's here's the interesting thing though. Um, this I, I don't know how well this movie's doing. It's probably doing fine. Like not gangbusters, but it's like it'll probably make its money back. It did. So for, um, it's opening weekend. It did well. I don't think it was number one, but it did well. Okay, so uh, Anthony Ramos, his character's name is Noah Diaz. Um, famously, the GI Joes don't go by their real names; they go by their they go by a code name. So, if Anthony Ramos signed up to be a GI Joe, I wonder which one he did sign up, or if they're going to fast forward to present day, and his character is going to be played by an older actor. And I, I just wonder who I just wonder who he's supposed to be because he did say he was comms in the military. So I'm trying to think which GI Joe was like the communications expert. Uh, I don't. Anyway. That'll be interesting to see. That, I yeah, don't, that'll I don't be interesting. So, so I'm guessing you're not a fan of the idea, huh? Well, no. Here's my here's my here's my thing. So it just boils down to like you, you pointed out that GI Joe cannot survive on its own. Fine. My argument is, is that GI Joe as a franchise. Please understand, I'm specifically just talking about the G.I. Joe franchise. I'm not talking about armed forces in general. I'm talking about the G.I. Joe franchise. There is, there is a limit to what you can really do with that franchise. And I'm, I'm saying a greater limit than other franchises of that era. Because it it's in that era of you know Masters of the Universe and Thundercats and Transformers. But yeah. G.I. Joe is pretty limited because... You, A, you have to bound it under earthly rules, for the most part. And B, it's the same group of people, and you got the same villain, okay? So then I can see where people would say, oh, we'll just put them in with another one of our groups. I get that. I get that. Because in one of the sequels, they alluded to, you know, sectors. They talked about Sector 7 or STEM or whatever they were, or NEST or whatever they were called. I get it. But what I think you're going to get is the like PG-13 version of like Alien versus Predator, Predator Requiem where it's like you know there's going to they're going to like the the Transformers and GI Joe are going to like fight each other all over a misunderstanding or some bullshit like that and it's going to be annoying for 2 hours and it's also not going to be entirely believable because you know as badass as the G.I. Joe characters are capable of being, the Transformers are giant transforming robots. Like, it's not really a fair fight to a large extent. But I'd love to be proven wrong. I really would be. But mm -hmm. I just Our think it, it's not going to work. I don't think it's going to work. And I think it was... I thought it was such a ham-fisted pile of crap that they snuck that in at the end to be like, look, look what's coming, guys. Like, I would have been more interested if they did, if they revealed the Thundercats were <laughs> playing a role or something. Because at least they're spacefaring cats. Like, you can see that. Okay. I don't know. It just, sorry. I'm only mad because, like, <sighs> sorry. I guess All right. I'm, I'm just a little, yeah, whatever, fine. Okay, okay. How about we end it there? <laughs> on my rage. Yeah, let's yeah on it. your rage. <laughs> yeah. All right. This has been What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. Autobots, roll out. Uh, what, did the, what did the Decepticons say? Did they say anything? Or no, just... just say, go Joe. Why? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> okay. Go Joe. <laughs>
Ha <laughs> ha